Okay, uh, so Luke chapter 24, uh, so you can look it up uh, online or on your Bible if you have it with you, verses 36 to 49. We, yeah, this will be the last one because actually physically there's no more Luke to, to look at. So. Uh, so Luke chapter 36, uh, chapter 24, verses 36 to 49. So I'm just going to read it out for us, and you can just follow along as I read. So verse 36. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them. Excuse me. Stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So this is the end of the Gospel of Luke. Uh, We've gone through the events of Good Friday and Easter, where Jesus has entered the city. He's been... Uh, accused by the Jewish leaders. He's been sentenced to death. He was crucified, though innocent. And three days later, he rose again. And now this is kind of his final words to his disciples before he ascends into heaven. Last week for us uh, was a busy weekend. I'm just going to show you some photos. We celebrated Good not celebrated Good Friday, we remembered Good Friday and celebrated Easter as a church. Um, Oh yeah, there we are. So that was was at one of our members' houses because this facility closes on public holidays. And so we had Easter together. Um, And in addition to that, we had a nice barbecue. So we got a barbecue and... (laughs) We had a nice barbecue in the park, in Bullion Park, and uh, the third lady from the left, she's actually our lead pastor from our main campus in Korea, and she was visiting us. So, you know, it was all the more special to have her with us for Easter weekend. And then that evening, there was more celebration going on uh, for one of our brother's birthdays. <laughs> so, Dehan, Dehan over there on the right. And this is actually... Haley over there. <laughs> it was a, a costume party, and she won. Uh, she won the prize for the best imitation of Taeyeon costume. Right? It was yeah. It was uncanny. It was uncanny. 
And so it was a really long but fun, enjoyable Sunday uh, with the church family. Uh, But then Easter Monday came. And so I wonder what you guys did on Easter Monday. What did you guys do? Uh, I know some of you had like catch-ups with our pastor, Pastor Aaron. Some of you may have had to work. Ronald, did Ronald have, did you have to work? Oh, you had to work at the restaurant. That's sad. Um, But hopefully most of you were able to rest. You know, that's kind of what we do here in Australia. Um, I ended up doing two things. First was to go to the footy. I went to the uh, annual, the now annual Easter Monday blockbuster between Geelong and Hawthorne at the MCG. Um, But the other thing I did was a little bit different. Um, I've been attending a missions organization called Salt and Light. So I just got a photo of their logo up here. Salt and Light Mission. And it's led by a pastor called Paul Jang. He's Korean. He's about the same age as me. And one of the things that they do is they actually do outreach to the poor and homeless in the CBD. So every Saturday afternoon, 5 p.m., they provide lunch, uh, sorry, dinner, 5 p.m. dinner, and then they have a small chapel service afterwards. And we just get to talk and sit and eat together and, and worship together with you know, people from a different place in life than us. And they call it Street Family Cafe. And so it's not just about um, helping poor people, like giving them food, but really it's about sharing the love of Jesus with them, sharing the good news. But also it's about training the volunteers, teaching them how to be salt and light, like Jesus tells us to be, how to share the gospel, bring some flavor, bring some brightness into their lives. So anyway, on Easter Monday, I joined that ministry, and they actually held a barbecue in North Richmond, where there's a lot of commission housing, a lot of homeless people, a lot of drug addicts in that area. And so they want to branch out and set up a new ministry, street cafe, uh, street family cafe on Mondays in that area. So this is kind of like startup, like a big launching event kind of thing, right? All right, so I just want to show you some photos from what we did. Um, the next one, so this is Pastor Paul, Paul Jang, on the grill with some snags. Uh, next, uh, you can see me back in the background, trying to look cool, playing uh, playing the guitar, playing some worship songs. And uh, this was one of the, these are some of the locals who joined us for the barbecue. Yep, you can move forward. Um, yeah, really nice sausages. Got to meet some people, got to talk to them. Uh, there's a lot of the uh, refugee families living in the commission houses near near Richmond. Oh, and there's uh, Janice. Janice right there. She she came out as well, looking very uh, melancholy and thoughtful and very spiritual there. And me, me at the back reading the music as I play. <laughs> um, I think that's it, right? Yeah. So, uh, I was actually, I was asked to lead a couple of songs because we're going to have a small chapel service. And so I prepared two songs and made a little handout that we could give out to the people. And so, and I brought my gear, had all my gear ready. So I get there around 11. I just, uh, we didn't, we didn't do the worship at the beginning. 
we're going to do that a bit later. So I just started talking with some people, met you know a guy called Nick, met you know another guy from Thomastown who was just visiting friends in the area, um, just had a sausage with them, um, helped serve serve the sausages to the people who came, did a bit of that, and then uh, I'm on, I'm wondering like okay when are we going to do the the worship time, and then Paul actually turns to me and just asks me can you just play in the background, you know just keep playing. Keep playing, you know. I was like, I've only got two songs. <laughs> so like, it's more like one and a half songs because one of them is really short. Um, but, you know, he's like, I, you know, I think it will help kind of build that atmosphere. Just, you know, filling in the, the silence and just people feel more comfortable, right? And, um, you know, there are a lot of gifted musicians who can play by memory and, you know, they don't have to look at music and things like that. You know, I, I'm not one of them. I'm not one who can just sing and play by memory. Um, so in the photo there, I think you see me kind of just sitting there trying to look kind of all cool and holy, but actually I'm just really trying to concentrate, looking at my iPhone, like this, this text is like this small and, and just trying to not to mess up. Um, but in the end, despite my lack of skill, a lot of people were blessed. You know, I got some com- compliments from some of the guys who joined and, and then this other guy with kind of like this beard and not as much on top like me with a beard, he sits down next to me with his sausage. Uh, his name was Jaden, and we start talking. And, you know, he was just telling me like, man, what you guys are doing here, it's just, just so good. I'm just, well, it's like, what you guys, it's, it's really touching that you would do something like this to help, to actually help people. You know, a lot of people are good at, like, giving money, but actually going out there you're on your own two feet and actually, you know, talking and giving people the time of day to show love to them. Uh, he was so touched by that. And then he asked, you know, so are you guys from a church? Uh, assuming that, you know, we're Christians. And I said, I mean, we're Christians, but, you know, we're from all different churches. It's not just one church. We all come together with just the sole purpose of not our organization, but just to share the love of Jesus. And so at that moment, uh, he goes, oh, that's really good, you know, but I'm, I'm Muslim, which is why he had the beard. I'm a Muslim, so you know, I don't really like, believe the same things as you do, but like, man, I really respect what you guys are doing, like making a difference, you know, showing love. And then at that moment, Pastor Paul, he actually jumps up onto one of the benches and tells the crowd, hey, we're, we're here, we're Christians, we want to share, you know, the love of Jesus, so is it okay if we just have a small worship service, a small chapel service? Everyone's like, eh, that's fine. And then Jaden is sitting next to me and he's like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't believe in that stuff, but, you know, I'm just going to watch, you know, it's just cool. Is it okay if I just stay here? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, just, just. Just join, just watch, just listen. And so this is my big moment. I play Amazing Grace, the, uh, the Chris Tomlin version, for those who know, where it's like a little bit difficult, the, the chorus part. I, I kind of screw it up, but it's okay. There's grace, right? Um, and then after the song, Pastor Paul, he jumps up on the seat again, and he starts off by looking around and saying, you know, we just had the Easter weekend. But do you guys know, like, what is the meaning of Easter? What is Easter? 
So, yeah, just, just turn to the person next to you and ask each other, discuss, what is Easter? And so I turned to my new Muslim friend and he asked me, so what, what is Easter? Like he knows a lot of, he knows basic stuff about Christianity, Jesus and things like that. But, you know, what is Easter? What is the real meaning of Easter? What would you say to him in that situation? If someone asked you that question, what would you say? I know it's not Easter Sunday, but I think it's good to reflect on what we just went through. The whole industry of Easter in Australia. What is the real meaning of Easter? If you've been in Australia for a while, you know that Easter is the long weekend, right? We plan for it months in advance, two days, two extra days off, you know. It's filled with chocolate eggs and bunnies. Uh, It's filled with charity and a Good Friday appeal to the Children's Hospital. A lot of Australians giving money. It's time for family, time for friends, time to go away on holidays, you know, up to Noosa or, you know, wherever is nearby. But I wonder if, for Christians even, that's all it is. You know, maybe even for Christians, that's just what it's become. It hasn't become watered down in that way in terms of our faith the true meaning of Easter. You know, there's a, I think there's a kind of a modern acceptance that being a Christian is just about not doing bad things, doing some nice things, helping people, going to church on Sunday, having like a decent life. Not to say that's bad, but is that all that Christianity is about? Is that where it stops? Is that where Easter stops? So I'm just trying to get you, ask you some questions just to get you to think. So what if, uh, for those who are, who are Christians, what if your non-Christian friend asked you about the meaning of Easter? What would you tell them? Maybe what if your work colleague, your non-Christian work colleague asked you, what would you tell them? You know, what if, Taking it a bit more extreme, what if your friendship, your job, or maybe even your life was on the line because of this question, what would you say? Right? And I think that just, that's just to draw out what you truly believe. What do you truly believe about Easter? So I, th- I think for us, you know, that's, like, oh, that's, a bit, that's a bit drastic. Come on. Whose life is going to be on the line for this question? But actually, if we look in Acts chapter 4 in the Bible, the first disciples of Jesus found themselves in exactly that situation. They, I'll just read it out, actually. So this is from Acts chapter 4, the first three verses. As they were speaking to the people, the priests, uh, the priests and the captain of the temple And the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, 
for it was already evening. So we see that actually the followers of Jesus had to go to prison. They probably got flogged. Actually, one of them, Stephen, actually got killed because of the answer to this question. And I think um, the Apostle Paul, right, he writes a, lot, a large part of the New Testament. He was actually the one who helped kill, kill Stephen, but he met Jesus and he was converted. So he's someone who's gone through this whole journey of transformation. He explains his understanding of Easter, I think, best in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So if you have your Bible, feel free to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. All right, I'm going to just read verses 1 to 8. I think for us, this is actually the real meaning of Easter. Okay, so I'm going to start reading from chapter one, uh, verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 1. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Kephas, or Peter, and then to the Twelve. Then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles, Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So, you know, this is something you may have heard a lot of times before, and I might just be stating the obvious, but when my friend Jaden, the Muslim guy, he asked me, what is Easter? This is kind of just basically what I shared. The simple answer that I gave to him was, Easter is the time we remember that Jesus, the one who died for our sins, was actually raised back to life, right? And so we believe not only in the power of forgiveness, but we believe in something else, something about like new life, new beginnings. So, you know, it's very, very simple, something that we've heard many times before, especially for those who grew up in church. But I wonder how many of us actually truly believe that Jesus was resurrected. Like, do you actually believe that happened? Like, a guy like one of us, and he was special, but he was a human. He got killed, and three days later, he actually came back to life. It's hard to believe. Even for me, honestly, it's hard to believe given what we learn at school, given what the world genuinely believes about, you know, the spiritual and things like that. It's hard to believe, but I wonder, do we, do we, can we get to that place of truly believing that Jesus was resurrected? 
and then understanding what impact that has for the world, for us, for our lives. And if you're not sure about it, if you have doubt, don't worry, you're not alone. You're not the only ones. Right? So we read uh, from chapter 24 of the Gospel of Luke, even the disciples themselves, Jesus was standing in front of them and they still found it hard to believe. So doubt is not a sign that you're not worthy or anything like that, but it's natural. But it's something we need to be able to move through, push through. Back in Jesus' day, Jews, Greeks, we think of them as like less, less learned. You know, they have less technology, less understanding. But even they didn't really believe that resurrection of the dead was possible and part of life. So even they were struggling with this. So that's why we see Jesus in our passage showing them his hands and his feet scarred hands and feet from the cross he lets them touch him showing them he's not a ghost or spirit or a vision he even takes some fish and eats it to prove that he's actually there and he's a real living person you know there's so much emphasis made about this it's a it's, there's a reason why there's so much emphasis about it. It's because it's actually a really key pillar of the Christian faith. It's not just you know, what makes Christianity different to other religions. So you know, Islam, Judaism, very similar, except they don't have this part of it. But it doesn't just make it different. I think it's what gives Christianity its power. It what gives it you know, the impact that it's had. So I'm just going to finish with three things, three points on the, the truth and power of the resurrection, what it should mean for us. And we're going to continue reading from 1 Corinthians 15. All right. So follow along. We're going to read from verse 12 to 26. The Apostle Paul is answering similar questions, similar doubts about the resurrection. So he says, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, 
by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each to his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to God to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. So it's a bit of a Bible study type sermon today, but I'm just really wanting you you guys to think and reflect. So we don't just go through Easter year after year and just, it just becomes this habit this ritual without thought. So three things that we should take from the resurrection. Number one, because Jesus actually died and actually was raised to life, then we who follow him in this life will enjoy everlasting, everlasting glory and honor in resurrected bodies. So we also receive resurrection. That's what Paul said. Now, I think this is why it's important that we have a, have a foundation to our faith, as in we believe the same things that's written in the Bible. Because if you don't believe in life after death, if you don't believe in something greater than you know, the material world, then this whole aspect of Christianity means nothing to you, Right? Like life, life after death, I mean, I don't believe in that stuff, so I don't care. Well, then Jesus' resurrection has no meaning, right? Right, if we don't believe that there are any eternal consequences for the way we live this life, then what's the point? What's the point of sacrificing things now in order to be good? Right, just live your life. Paul says a bit later, just eat, die, be merry. Like Christians are the fools if there's nothing that happens after death. If there's no eternal consequence. You know, sometimes we think, you know, we have to follow Jesus without any desire for uh, any reward or prize. Like that's what it means to be like selfless and altruistic and, you know, honorable in our faith. But no, actually... We follow Jesus because our ultimate hope and reward is not in this life, but the next. We believe actually whatever happens in this life, we expect something greater when Jesus returns. Right? That's the number one kind of consequence, the impact, implication of the resurrection. And if you don't believe in that, then it starts to make everything else questionable. It starts to make everything else doubtful. Right, so that's number one. Number two, because Jesus was actually raised to life, uh, we are not only forgiven of our sins, but we are born again in the Spirit in this age. So we receive a spiritual resurrection now. So I'll just um, explain that a bit more. Uh, Paul says, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Verse 22. 
He also says, before then, just try and find it. Verse 17, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So when I talked to the Muslim guy, Jaden, he understood stuff about sacrifice, forgiveness, because even the Muslims, they pray five times a day as a way to atone for their sins. But this resurrection part, he didn't really understand that. He doesn't know what it means. And I think sometimes it's the same for us. We understand all the stuff about forgiveness, I do something bad, and I need, I need a way to make myself good again. All right? So for us, we believe that the price for our sin was paid by a good man, Jesus, sacrificing himself. That makes sense. I did something bad, so there needs to be something done so I can be good. But I think the part that's hard to understand is the next part. Then what? Tomorrow I do the same sin. And we go through the whole process again. What's the point? Where do I go? This doesn't change anything. right? And so I think for me, this is why the resurrection is important, that we believe in the resurrection. Because it, it tells us that we are new creations. We are born again. We have a new beginning, a new start. So not only are our past sins paid for and covered, we're made right with God, but actually the resurrection tells us now we can live differently. Now we can actually have changed lives. Without the resurrection, Paul says we are still stuck in our sins. There is no renewal. There's nothing new that happens. And so the resurrection of our bodies will be in the future. But the reason why Jesus had to be resurrected in history, three days after he died, not at the very end, the reason why Jesus was resurrected in history is so that we can experience the spiritual effects today, presently, in our lives. We don't have to wait until the very end to see the impact, the effects of resurrection in our lives. I just want to share a quick example. This is a bit, that's a bit complicated to understand. But uh, for me, I grew up in church. Uh, my, my parents are actually pastors. You know, they are very loving, kind parents. I went to church every week. Um, but for me, you know, everyone's, everyone has something that they struggle with. Everyone has something that they deal with. And one of the things that I struggled with, one of my sins that Jesus helped me uh, overcome was actually um, oh, there's kids in the room but uh, so it was like looking at bad things on the internet we'll say all right so I think we all understand what that means and so it was in university where that was very difficult for me to deal with and at the end of university I went to a camp a church camp where I received that sense of Okay, I'm okay with God now. He forgives me. I can receive his forgiveness. But that didn't stop the problem. 
the next six months, I would still struggle with it. So I felt trapped. Okay, I said sorry to God, and he forgives me, and okay, I get that part. But then why hasn't anything changed? And I think for me, that's where the resurrection is so important. Because I don't have to just stay in that place of struggling with this sin. But because Jesus came back to life, he overcame sin, overcame death. And so holding on to that, believing in that, I can now move forward, leaving that behind. And so since that time, I haven't been perfect in that area. It's a continual struggle for like a lot of a lot of people, but I have hope. I have freedom. I'm not stuck in that. I'm not addicted to that, right? So just a sim- like a really simple example that with the resurrection, there's hope of a new beginning. There's hope of change. Without it, we're forgiven, but where's the transformation? Where's the new start? And so finally... The last points for today. Because Jesus rose again, he has given that power into our lives to change, to be changed, to have a new beginning. We are called to share that, proclaim that resurrection power that we have received into all nations, into our city of Jerusalem, which is Melbourne. That's what Jesus tells us. If you have received this gift, this power, this ability to change your eternity, then go and share that. And that's just what I want to finish off with. In Luke 24, Jesus says, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The purpose of life is not just to receive Jesus and be changed and have a good life. But actually the purpose of this life, this this time on earth, is actually to share it with others so that they can actually join us. They can receive the same thing and enter into the eternal kingdom of God. We have, with Jesus, we have eternity to look forward to. But what about these 80 years that we live? What are we meant to do with that? It's to share it and to bring others into that same blessing of being with Jesus. And so for us here, I want us to believe that this is our purpose here as a church, as believers the purpose of New Philly Melbourne is just to proclaim that answer to the question, what is Easter? To share that with people. And for those who are still wrestling with that question, with the resurrection of Jesus, I pray that you'll be able to just receive that into your heart, be able to overcome the intellectual, mental doubts and obstacles in your mind, And believe that he not only died for your sins, but he rose again that you can have eternal life, but also a changed life today.
right, so let's uh, just take a moment to pray as we just close the message. Uh, Father, we just thank you, God, for uh, the blessing of the Easter holiday. Um, but I just ask that you would yeah, speak into our hearts you know, what is the true meaning, what is the true power behind Easter, Lord. And for those who you know, are still on that journey of uh, receiving you into their lives, Father, I pray, God, that uh, you would speak truth about the resurrection of your Son and you would demonstrate its power in the lives of us here, God. And Father, as we see our lives being changed uh, by the risen Jesus, I pray, God, that you would stir us, stir our hearts to share that good news with the people around us, that we would proclaim the truth of Easter to our city, to the nations, God, to the people that we love and care about, God. So, Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for Jesus, your son, who died for us and rose again, that we may have eternal life with him. And in his name we pray. Amen. Okay, thank you. Thank you.